Cassie, first of all, thank you very much for taking the time to come in and uh, talk to me today on Culture Corner, where I talk to leaders in tech about how they create strong cultures and high-performing teams. Really good to see you again. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Good. Obviously, we know each other, we've known each other a long time, but for anybody listening that doesn't know you, I thought it'd be a good idea for you just to give a bit of an overview of who you are, what you do, your leadership responsibilities, team sizes and all that kind of thing. Yeah, sure. Um, so, hi, I'm Cassie. I have worked uh, in the IT industry for such a long time, I'm not prepared to give you an exact date because... <laughs> that's too frightening for me. But I have had the absolute pleasure of working for uh, product companies as well as consultancy companies um, over a number of years. And um, my main background is in testing. So I started out as a tester, uh, had quite an untraditional introduction into testing, but I think most testers will have that. And then progressed through the ranks over the years. Um, I recently have then expanded my portfolio to more portfolio management and then more leadership roles. And now I work for Sujeti, Sujeti UK, and we've opened up a Leeds hub. So I'm now responsible for that hub. So that entails uh, hiring, managing the team, helping delivery, new sales, all of the things that you would expect from somebody looking after a a delivery centre. Brilliant. Thanks, Cassie. One of the things... I wanted to ask you um, initially is is about culture. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, Sujeti, if I'm right, uh, a tech consultancy global part yeah. of Capgemini. That's correct. Yeah. Um, what's the culture like at, at Sujeti? How would you best best describe it? That's a that's an interesting question because I think it's really hard to articulate what culture is yeah. because it is culture is unique to every organisation. Yeah. So um, Sujeti, as you're right, is part of Capgemini, which is a global organization providing consultancy services throughout the full project lifecycle uh, for IT and a bit more. Sujeti is the specialist arm that deals with testing, but we also specialize in cloud transformation and other um, cloud technologies as well. And so when you look at culture, I think you can look at that from several levels because obviously it's a really hard thing to build a global culture. Yeah, definitely. If that's even possible, actually. I don't know. I don't know. You can have that that culture at several levels. So we've got a Sujeti culture and we've also got a Leeds culture, which which might be ever so slightly different. Um, So I think... A good positive culture is, is is somewhere where you want to be and you want to uh, participate in that, whatever that might look like. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's interesting you mentioned that about, about possibly the slight differences in culture from different locations and, yeah. in, the, and in the Leeds office. Because I was going to say, um, for the people that don't know, you're in a really unique position where... You built the Sujeti office in Leeds from scratch, blank yeah. canvas, you know, uh, you could within re- remits you could do what you you know you wanted have you taken parts of say the Sujeti culture and I'm going to say evolved them um, and, and, and built on that in line with your sort of goal and vision and purpose for the uh, for the Leeds office yeah how have you sort of grown and I suppose developed the culture in Leeds yeah and I'd love to say it was a conscious decision <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I think um, Sujeti as a whole, because it's a it's a group of specialists, there is this desire to, to be there to, and to do a good job. So Sujeti is really built on working with our customers, focusing on the client, 
being a one team approach yeah. and really adding value to each and every client. Um, we're there to make them look great. Yeah. Um, so, but within that, so you will have your client culture and then you will have your Sujeti leads culture yeah. as well. So, like I said about the layers, it's quite, it's interesting to see how you fit within each of those layers. Like you said, I've built and still building yeah. the Leads Hub. Um, it's it, I've done it before and um, I've taken a lot of the lessons learned from last time with working with previous organisations into doing what we're doing now. And yeah, I mean, I certainly look for a specific type of individual, especially when it's such a small um, hub that will help bring the energy and bring that kind of whatever those things are within that culture that we need to bring out and help ultimately our clients look good. Yeah. And they, they come across a, a number of things. So I talk about a little bit about the client culture. So whatever that might be, and it's based around values ultimately yeah, the, at the end yeah, of the day. So your client will have specific values and you, I will have specific values in me as an individual. Yeah. And Sujeti has specific values. And so you've got to kind of think about those and align them together in some way. Certainly when um, when I've built my team, you, you don't know that individual that's coming in to join your team. So that's really how you get an hour at best, right, to judge somebody on what their values and what their aspirations are. So they come into an organization and I've done this a number of times is you, you start to find out what their values are. It's, it's important for, as a leader, to get to know your people. You can't just take somebody into your fold and then assume that they're going to do everything the way that you do it. Yeah, definitely. So you've got to understand that the human element, okay? So uh, for me, I very much put value on values. Yeah. Um, we've done an exercise where, um, as a team building thing, we've sat and thought about what our individual values are and shared yeah. them right yeah, yeah and they're actually up in on the wall that's for each doing. individual in our office so if you ever come to our office you'll i mean it's nothing glamorous we're talking post-it notes and pictures that have yeah. been printed out but Works. we can see for example one of my uh values is about credibility uh and autonomy obviously because you know, yeah. that's the type of role I do, but I, I feel like I have to be credible with what I do. So that's a value of myself. And you can see where that aligns with other people's values. Or, for example, one of my team has a fun value that's really important to them. Yeah. So now that I have that knowledge about that team member, if he um, is talking about a piece of work he's doing and he's bringing a full fun element into it i know he's not making light of it it's just the way that his values work and that's what's important to him and that's what encourages him and keeps him enthusiastic about what his you know his day-to-day -day work is so that that's an understanding and actually that's a good thing to bring to the office it's something that i don't have as an individual yeah and it's another dynamic that you're bringing into your culture yeah. so i think the values is a really good place to start when you're looking at teams and building that. Definitely, because, well, my next, you you beat me to it, because my next question was going to be, obviously, over the years, I know you from your early days at BGSS, over the, over the years, you've spun up 
lots of teams, whether yeah. that's from scratch as you're doing now, yeah. whether that's adding to additional teams, um, and you've you've produced a lot of high performing teams. So yeah. I was going to say, how do you go about building those high performing teams? What's worked for you, and what what hasn't? And it was interesting that you you mentioned values there. So when we when we set up Excel Tower, I did a lot of reading around and interest. This is where my interest came from. How do you build high performing teams? You know, yeah. we, we're going to have to do it. Yeah, uh, how are we going to do it? Um, and values was a big thing. And, mm. and initially, until I started speaking to people, I thought, oh, well, we've got to hire based on values. It's really important. Our, our values. Everyone becomes an, involved in a, a common goal. But I was originally thinking, oh, we can only hire people with the same values as us. No. But that's not the case, is no. it? You can have people with complementary values that still drive you forward to that to that common purpose and common goal. Yeah. An easy um, thing that people do, and I've done it myself, is when you hire, you tend to hire in your own image, yeah, right? Because because yeah. you assume you're perfect. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but actually, the high-performing team isn't the same as you. Mm. You can't have. 10 passes running around, that would be absolutely mental and horrendous for everybody <laughs> concerned, including myself. Um, but but you could, you know, you, if you look for the base values that are important to the organisation and they may not be the same as yours, but, you know, the people bring that in. And then at that point, you start to develop that high-performing team. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And one of the things that you you mentioned there, or you sort of touched on, is with the stick with the post-it notes, understanding your team. I think if I'm ho- hopefully I'm right, but in order to to create a high-performing team, you really need to. It can't be transactional with your team, can it? You need to actually get under the skin, understand them, ensure they. I saw a post on LinkedIn of, of yours recently, and it was about. I really liked it. It was about um, being in the office. Oh yeah. And one of the things you mentioned about being in the office was you created a sense of belonging. Yeah. And a lot of the things around high-performing teams is like that people feel safe and and, and they want they, to work for you. Yeah, and they have a sense of belonging with with this team. And I suppose part of creating it is is by understanding them as a, an individual. A hundred percent undervalues. I think. Un, uh, that human element is probably the other thing that I look for the most. I pride myself on the fact that I know my team. Mm. I get to know them. I take time to understand them um, because you can't assume that everybody that comes into the organisation fits the stereotype that you have of them in your head or the stereotype of what that role might be or anything. You can't assume that. So you've got to take in things like um, their own culture their own personal yeah. situation. Another example is um, so finding out what's important to them and making sure you meet those needs. And I say that from a generational perspective, because now more yeah. than ever we've got team members that brought, have a broad span in their career. So you know, some people have been working for two years, some people have been working for twenty or thirty years. Um, and what's important to the person that's that's got two years worth of experience is completely different to what's important yeah. to the person that's 30 years experience. So you've got to understand that that life and career journey of that individual as well. Um, because in that way of making them want to work for you, you've got to make sure that you're giving them what they need at yeah. that right point in their career. You know, some people will have young children, okay, and, and, you know, understanding that you're building a culture of it's okay if you need to drop the kids off at school. Yeah. And come yeah, in, you know, yeah. and you, and you, you know, you work your day accordingly around that. It's okay. And again, that's building that strong, positive culture around working. 
I suppose it, COVID really flipped everything on its head, didn't it? Yeah. You know, really flipped everything on its head. And yeah. there's, if people weren't before, now they're having to be a lot more sensitive to people's needs. And, and, and like you said, there are people from different, different generations all working in the, in the same, in the same team. So you have to be, understand them to the nth degree to understand what 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 drives them and motivates yeah. them and how you get the best out of them yeah and i talk about um mm. different cultures as well uh, and different backgrounds so um i work with a lot of people offshore yeah um and um probably my bad i haven't really understood their culture as much as what i have in the last year or so right. um when I started working with offshore teams, I just assumed that they were going to work nine to five, a UK nine to five. Yeah. And, you know, we've got a bank holiday, so they've got a bank holiday. And it was so nice, so naive of me when I think back now, I just think, <laughs> oh my God, that was horrendous. So, um, I recently took time to kind of understand, um, the different, uh, religions which drive holidays, uh, public holidays in India. I don't know everything, but I know some how, and, how uh, our um, Indian consultants will contract. So it's different for them as it is for us in the UK, where their working hours lie, because obviously they're not going to get up at, and start working at, you know, they're four and a half hours ahead. So just yeah. knowing that, for example, is a game changer, right? So yeah. when you come on on a call in the morning, they're saying to me, oh, Cassie, good morning. I'm going, good afternoon. Are you all all right? Have you had your lunch? And yeah. it's that difference that yeah. the understanding that, that takes you from, um, you know, someone that fosters a good team environment yeah. to someone that fosters a really good, really great team environment. Um, and I was, I was fortunate enough to go and visit some teams this year as well. And then that's kind of driven it to a next level for me because I've seen what the teams do and know exactly where the crossover is for how they work, you know, and in some cases, how difficult it is for them to get into the office as stupid as that sounds i know some right. of us have difficult journeys into the office yeah, yeah. but even if you live in a city in india it still might take you an hour an hour and a half to get into the office because of the traffic and the wow. uh, whatnot so just having that understanding having a bit of empathy knowing that their bank holidays are not our bank holidays. So given the option, do you want to work our bank holiday? Yes, but and you take this bank holiday instead. Yes, that's fine. You know, it's just all of that makes such a difference to how you operate your team on and offshore. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because it's not just- They are sigdweird for you. So. Yeah, yeah, it's not just hybrid. Your your area is not just hybrid UK, is it? It's, no. Like you said, it's off, offshore as offshore well. Offshore and near shore. So we have yeah. people in Europe as well. Um, so Jetty is a global business. So we've got centers all across the world. We have, uh, in the UK, we have a specific offshore center so that we can, our own staff in, in India. Um, but we also use centers in Spain, especially obviously Eastern Europe as well. So, you know, it applies to everybody. What I've just said applies to all of those people that, you know, sit in our global offices. No matter where they are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it, it sounds like it's really, it, this experience has seen you evolve as a leader. Yeah, quite, quite, quite a bit. And um, where would you see you, your skills have changed? Is it more in, or would it be organisation, understanding how different continents put together work time and work wise i think it's just it's the latter i think it's more an appreciation of you know naively you know uk way is not 
the way yeah. there is other ways and how you can work that to your advantage as a leader you know we we're we have an advantage by using offshore teams because they're working hours are different which means we can provide cover for a longer period of time yeah, you know for a uk yeah. client and stuff like that you know whilst <clears throat> the uk team are on holiday the offshore team might not be on holiday so you can work it into your advantage and having that understanding is you know is a good thing it's key yeah yeah, yeah. For sure. and taking the time out like you've done to actually go and visit and experience see where they work understand the culture understand like you said the way of working the bank holders and that, that it will enable that team to 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 strange but to trust you more and, 100%. To, and to and to buy into that because i think part of trying to create a high performing team is to get people to not only feel belonging but but trust, trust. is a huge part of trust. it and it and it's very easy just to say how, well how do you create trust but i'll leave it to you Cassie. how do you create trust? Well, i think it comes back to credibility yeah. and genuine and being genuine so um i think another part of uh culture in in working environments is community yeah so Culture, what is that? How is that? How is that built? Community, what is that? How is that built? Again, it's a really tough question to ask, but I think um, community is built on trust and you get that by um, sharing experiences, communicating, telling people about your experiences, good practices, but also um, sharing those war wounds. People bond much better over a war wound and a donut, right? So, yeah. um, and you only get that. I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'm more convinced that you only get that when you're sat and you're doing face words instead of, uh, you know, yeah. over teams and stuff. Yeah. I wanted to talk a little bit about hybrid working as well because I think yeah. that's an interesting dynamic for how culture is built within organisations. Um, and like you said, COVID has just flipped everything on its head. So we were, so I, I like yourself, five days in the office yeah, for all yeah. of my career to no days in the office and actually spent quite some time in my little box room rocking backwards <laughs> and forwards because I'm not actually getting any people time. Um, to the point now where we've, we've changed the way we work and we are inviting people back into the office. But um, the take up on that has not been as, as, quick as what maybe I thought it would be and I get it I understand that because again we talk we we understand in individuals and they have lives and you know the way that they need to be and work and what their needs are we have to accommodate that but I don't think you get that sense of community without that face-to-face -face interaction where you stood over a cup of coffee in the kitchen whinging about you know oh, it's been really hard writing this test strategy because I can't get any answers out of anybody you know you don't get that on a yeah. Teams meeting because, or other available collaboration tools. Yeah. <laughs> um, what you get on those sessions are very much transactional. Yeah. It's like, we're here to do this, we talk about this, and then we're off and we're on to the next one. Yeah. So, you know, you, you miss that. And I think that's important to build in the right level of culture within your organization. Definitely, because I was, I was, one of the things I was going to ask you about is, with hybrid working now, how do you ensure collaboration? You work for a tech company, um, you know, I'm fairly sure collaboration is, is key and important. Um, the opportunity to innovate and, and come up with solutions for your for your customers. How, how do you go about that collaboration nowadays? So the, the, the collaboration tools are brilliant, right? Yeah. There's no denying that. You can do quite a good whiteboarding session via Teams. That's the tool of, of right. Sujeti. Um, but it's, it's never quite the same 
Um, when we're working with clients, we always try and get on client site for those types of collaboration sessions right. so that you spend, you get the dedicated time with that individual so that you know you're present, you're in the room and you're concentrating on what you're doing. Because quite often in teams, you know, somebody sends you an email, you quickly answer that in yeah. the background while you're just waiting for somebody to put a post it up or whatever. So it's always better face to face. So with clients, we try and get on client site with them. Um, if that's not possible, then obviously we'll use the collaboration tools that we've got, or we might do a multi-center approach if you like. So we'll bring people into the office and then we'll, we'll have client office and then we'll link via, via your collaboration tool, but be physically together uh, in each right, of the locations. Okay. And we yeah. quite often do our, when I say quite often, we do do our, our, we call them fireside chats. So they're, um, they're monthly kind of get togethers for the whole company. We do it. We try and get everybody in the office. So it's multi-center so that at least we're getting people together and we're sharing the same message across multi-sites. And we'll have, it's a bit like over to you, Jeff, and yeah. Birmingham. <laughs> you know, it's a bit like that, but it works better because what, what then happens is after that session, rather than having someone to be brave and speak up in front of 200 people, yeah they can come in and ask me directly for example or cast what was that yeah so we we you know we're able to facilitate that and it's much better doing it that way yeah yeah fantastic with regards to hybrid working cassie uh, i know a lot of businesses have encouraged their staff to come in on on certain days on set days for collaboration sessions and that kind of thing is, is that something that you implement within your hub yeah i personally at least come in once a week at least um, so I'm always in on a Thursday, always, unless I've broken my foot or something. <laughs> um, and if I need to be in any other day, I can make myself flexible. And Thursdays is a good day for me because rather selfishly, we talk about people's needs. Um, yeah. I have my own needs as well. I'm trying to support the, my team's needs, but equally I've got to remember my own. I have, I, I've got parental responsibilities Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, yeah. so I have to make sure that I'm about. So Thursdays is a good day for me. Fridays is, 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 equally the same so at the minute we as an organization don't mandate office days and i know a lot of organizations are starting to do that yeah. to try and bring people back into the office because yeah. i think with hybrid working it's easy for people to dodge that and you kind of got to give people a reason to to want to come in yeah, yeah make it make it exciting but cakes you know I put pictures of cakes up all the time I'm starting a little bit of a cake wall with our southern <laughs> offices at the minute because they saw my post last week and they're like oh look at ours this week I'm like yeah we've got a cake sale on this month this afternoon I already took a picture of that, and put that out. um so you've got to give them a reason to be in the office um but I think moving forward it wouldn't surprise me if more and more organizations start to mandate at least a couple of days in the office every week yeah I think that's something that will happen and I think it will become the norm. I think there is some value in, in working from home, hybrid working. So, you know, again, being selfish and thinking about my own needs. Like I said, I have parental responsibilities. It's better for me to be at home for those early days of the week. Yeah. And it means that I have had a much better quality of life with my daughters because of that. And I wouldn't want to give it that up so I get it right yeah. but equally I really really value my time in the office I really enjoy it every time I come in the office it's so varied I get to do things like talk to you yeah oh, and, uh, hey, there you go. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> um, but 
spend time with the team, you know, talk about values, talk about what's happening in the organization that in those transactional teams meetings, we don't get to yeah. at all. So I'd like to think that people are getting something out of coming in as well, you know, not just a smiley face, but it, it, it is value around what's happening in the organization, what is happening on other people's projects, because our clients are so varied, which is typical for consultancy, Yeah, you know, really varied, really kind of in different places on their transformation journeys, things like that. So you won't get that knowledge without sat in the same room listening to people on on calls. Yeah. Like, oh, I heard you on that call. Are you struggling with this? Yeah, it's yeah. key. It's, I think also um, it, it goes, it solidifies relationships, doesn't it? If you're in the same room, you build the relationships. There's an opportunity for learning as well. Uh, you're learning off other people, yeah. um, yourself, um, as you're learning about the other, what's going on other projects, but maybe sort of upskilling. And then just, as I said, solidifying the relationships, building on that, building on that trust. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of good things that, that come into that personal interaction, isn't well, it? That you can't well, get on teams. I completely agree. And I think as well for maybe more junior members of staff that have, that have joined an organization during COVID and it, and it is, can be quite daunting sometimes to speak to leadership teams. Seeing them face to face and realizing that they're actual real people and human and, you know, we all, still do the same things that everybody else does breaks down some of those barriers and allows development for those individuals at a faster pace yeah um for example you know i've got some more junior members of the team and they ask me all sorts of questions when they're in the office and and i'm fine with that because they they've got to find that out and i'd rather them ask that of me in a safe space than not ever know or ask it in a in a forum that's big and they feel a bit silly or whatever i'd much rather that that one-on-one conversation where they feel comfortable and they can ask anything basically yeah. or, you know I, cassie how was that pre-sales bit work i don't really get it i know i'm not going to be involved in it but will you share that with me yeah of course i will you know it's that type of thing that you would just wouldn't get if you didn't come in the office do you find when people are asking you questions, do you, do you adopt um, like a coaching men? I know if somebody doesn't know the answer, they, you know they're never going to know the answer until unless you tell them. But do you, do you in some instances um, adopt a coaching and and just try and encourage them to bring it out every that, single time? It's something I've tried to yeah. do a lot since we started the business and previously, but it can be quite frustrating, you know. Yeah. Every single time, it, yeah. you know, uh, um, again, early in my career, I would, I would be much more directive, do it this way or go that way. Unless it's a, unless they're asking for a, a direction, then it would, I'd try and coach people, um, you know, through, through their answers. Uh, the reason why I do that more than any is because quite often I'll learn more from, yeah. from that side than yeah, I will from this definitely. side. So, you know, they'll get something out of it and I get something out of it. So it's a win-win as far yeah, as I'm concerned. Definitely. And we're talking about strong cultures and things. It's, you, you're creating a culture where not everybody, not, not one person has the has the sole voice, not one person has the whole answers. Oh, you're, yeah. you're, you're giving everybody a voice. You must have a good culture because some of the things that I was listening to you say, it's like, when you were talking about 
I have parental responsibilities at home. You, you're sort of showing your vulnerable, your yeah. vulnerabilities, and you say, "These, this is what I've got. These are, this is, these are my commitments. It's okay to have these." Because yeah. in the in the past, oh, you know, yeah, you'd, you never, you'd never share that, would you? No. You're talking about people coming up to you in the office, oh, Cassie, what, like, how can I do this? And asking you questions. So people have obviously got that 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 trust that they that they I can approach so. you. Yeah. So, so it all sounds like a a, a great. A great journey so far yeah I mean I think you hit the nail on the head about the vulnerability yeah. thing um, because like I said earlier th there's a couple of things in that to be credible you've got to show what's and all right I, I just because I'm in a leadership yeah. position does not mean that I have the answers to everything in fact I don't generally I don't yeah. um, but I get the answers from listening to others yeah so I don't have a formulated answer as I'm speaking quite a lot of the times, so I'm, I'm listening to what people are saying, listening over here, and then you know making the decision moving forward. So nobody's perfect. No. Well, nobody's got all the answers. Okay. And I've completely forgotten my other point, but it'll come back to me. It will come back to you. <laughs> but, you but you're right. What you said. People don't have the answers. But how how many horror stories do you hear when you know people work for companies where? You know, there's one person that there's one person has all the voice. What one person sort of dictates what's going on. It's like how, how can you grow as individuals and and, and as, as a team and as a business? How can you get better? How can you innovate if 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 you're in that environment? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, people work for people. Okay, yeah. so if you're um, a good people person, you will always have good people around you because because that's how how it works. My other favourite saying is behaviour breeds behaviour. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, if if I display positive behaviours or what I feel are positive behaviours in the fact that I'm open, I'm happy to talk, I'm happy to coach, I will help anybody that needs help, I'll always answer the questions, I'm always in the office on a Thursday, I'm always looking to better myself. That breeds a behaviour in others that what witness me doing that yeah. and, and I think that's really key. You know, if you flip that, if I'm short with you, you're immediately going to start being short with me. Yeah. So it, it really does, really does work that. Yeah. Because you're saying this is this is who I. You're breaking down the barriers, aren't you? Yeah. You're breaking down the barriers. You're um, getting rid of any sense of, of fear of, uh, that, that people might have maybe when they first join the organisation. Yeah. And like you said, Walsh and Alls a great example, you know. And then it, it just relaxes people straight away, and they can start coming out of their shell. Yeah. You know, and they feel a sense of belonging or buy into it more. Mm. I mean, I quite often when I'm at home, if the kids are at home, I will quite often invite them to come and say hello, especially if they're in the background. And I'll, inf I'll make sure my team know that it's okay for them to do the same. Because quite often you're at home, you're working, you know, you've got a little toddler. They're, they're like going, mum, 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 mum. No, it's okay. Bring them in. Let's have a chat and let's, you know, soothe that issue. Um, and so, you know, my girls do the same thing. They're quite familiar with uh, some of my work colleagues. And, you know, my youngest has embarrassed me several times with my boss. Several times I can think of one that's particularly horrendous, but but it shows that I'm human, and it also shows them that what good good working behaviour looks like. You know, Roxy's been on a couple of uh, women in tech webinars and ah, has actually brilliant. stood there and said, "I would like to participate in this if I may," and she got a little slot. So, awesome. I mean, at thirteen, that's quite empowering, that, right? Yeah, so, um, yeah, really it just shows that we're all humans at the end of the day. Yeah. 
and also it's not just about you it seems like it, it echoes through the company because you mentioned there you run a zoom call with your boss and he's obviously okay with oh yeah of course he is because he's got kids too yeah with that situation and yeah. he's obviously said look that, that that's fine that's fine with me and that's what you want to an environment that you want to create yeah. isn't it my youngest little lady she's been on a couple of zoom calls like plonker on my knee and then yeah. uh, you know away, away they're we quiet go. and they're entertained what, what's what's you can still do your job right because yeah. we've all got lives i mean we quite often um because because Zoom and collaboration and teams and all that type of stuff are quite, they're very present in over everyday lives. I think more now more than ever, we're working longer days because we kind of think, well, you know, before I was commuting, so I'll just work that instead because I can get ahead. Yeah. Those, those times when you are struggling with work or personal life or anything, you know, mental health, that does come out a little bit more, I think, and you quite often catch people yeah. on calls more, ironically, more than when you're in the office. Um, having one of those moments where they just need somebody to go just take a breath and so you end up I think learning quite a lot about people's lives and so that you can start to build those relationships and you can start to you know build build. I mean I've got somebody that I work with he's absolutely brilliant he has a dog called Ivy she's ace um, and I've got a dog called Harry, so we bond over dogs. We talk about dogs, and we like, oh, here he is, here she is, you know, that type of thing. But yeah, so you've got to, you've got to go back to that point that right at the beginning is, is that human? You've got to know your team. Yeah, asking the questions, isn't it? You've got asking, to put yourself out there. Yeah, are you the okay? Yeah, yeah. Not a quick transaction, or it's like really wanting to wanting yeah. to know them. One of the things that you mentioned earlier on, and we. we Right at the start, you talked about hiring briefly, and I just wanted to touch on that again because we spoke a couple of times about how easy, like you said, how easy it is to, to hire in your own mold. Looking back at some of the things that I've done in the past, it's like, you know, have they got the right skills? Are oh, they be a brilliant fit? And you're just really thinking about your, your current mold, and no one wants five agents, like you said, no one wants ten Cassies. But no. <laughs> how do you how do you in, ensure that you hire for for diversity and I, I mean like diversity of thought diversity of of, of, of opinion because um, we talked about values do you do you implement in your interview process like value values based interviewing or um, someone mentioned to me like growth mindset you should be looking yeah. to hire people with growth mindset yeah. interview for that I do but I wouldn't I wouldn't call it value based interviewing right. so I'm asking questions about their skill set and what they do but I'm also asking questions about so in this situation how did you cope with that yeah Uh, I think we call them um, competency based questions Questions. I say that because I struggle to say competency (laughs) Um, but so in this scenario how did you cope with that you you know what did you do off the end of it what was the result so I I do ask questions around that um, to see where what those values are, those baseline values. Yeah. Um, it's not an easy thing to do because, like I said earlier, you've got an hour at best yeah. to try and assess somebody, and it's even harder these days if you're doing it remotely because you're not getting that kind of body language read off people. Yeah. So it's harder, I think, and I don't think I don't always get it right. No. 
So. It's not easy, is it? And no. I suppose, in, especially in tech, because you've got to be like, have they got the core base skills initially? Yeah. And and then and then you've got to go from that and, and try and understand what I suppose what makes them ticks, what their yeah, what their competencies are, how they've their experiences they've had in the past, and, yeah. and build that all into a short period of time. Because I think consultancy is really different to working for a product based organisation, um, because like I said, we're there to make the client look really really good. So there are different values some people it's like marmite some people really enjoy consultancy work and some people don't and yeah. you're, you're kind of almost asking people where they sit on that as well and if you've never done it before it's hard to ev- evaluate that yeah. um, when you're trying to hire somebody so there are different values that you're trying to pull out constantly you know you're just ticking all the time thinking about okay is this person going to fit in my team yeah. is this person going to fit for Sujeti is this person going to fit with potential clients and then you know, what, what does the future look for that look, look like for that individual yeah. as well? Because I'm constantly in the business of trying to backfill myself, you know, so I want somebody to yeah. fill my shoes as quick as possible. Yeah, that's a good point, isn't it? Because you, you need, and from what you said there, I imagine you, you will have it, you need people to to have um, L&D learning development, don't you? You need them to have a progression plan, a, a career plan. I take it that's something that's in place. With- for, for a lot of people, yes. Yeah. But I don't want to say for everybody. Everybody should be learning, but not necessarily developing a career because some people just don't want to. Yeah, and that's true. okay. Yeah, that's true. Because they're quite happy and really enjoy what they're doing. So why try and change that for people? Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, it goes back to understanding what those needs are. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. But yeah, we have um, a strong development plan, uh, learning plan. I mean, we, at Capgemini, there's some fantastic um, learning modules on everything that yeah. you could possibly think of within the tech kind of space. In fact, since I've joined Sujeti, I've done more training than I ever have done at any point in my career. Um, so I've been really fortunate to, to be able to experience that. Um, and it's continuing. I'm just about to do another two-week course ah. in uh, when I come back from my holiday. So yeah. Well, one one of my one of my questions I was going to ask you early, well, towards the end, was how are you working on developing and evolving as as, as a leader? Um, but it sounds like you're you're constantly working on things. Absolutely, um, because it's it's a continuous learning cycle. Okay, yeah. um, when I first started out on this journey, I'm quite happy to say I wasn't a very good leader. Um, <laughs> no, I might be marginally better now, but you know, you you learn from experience. You learn from the whirlwinds and making the mistakes and yeah. stuff like that. So, um, but the 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 things that complement that is the kind of um, additional learning opportunities that I get. So. The type of learning that I'm able to do is very focused on leadership behaviours and how I might interact with C-suite individuals, for example. This is a really tough course the back end of last year, which was really, really tough at the time. But now, obviously, looking back on that, I'm going, oh, yeah, 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 I did learn quite a lot from that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. A lot of it comes down to self-awareness. I think that's the start of, if anybody's out on their journey, they're starting out, you need to have a lot of self-awareness um, and recognise that you're very good at what you do, but also you've got lots to learn and to, to, to develop as well. So I think that's a good place to start if anybody's on that journey. On that journey. Being humble as well. Yeah. Yeah. Admitting when you're wrong. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Showing that vulnerability again, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I see it all loops, it all loops back, it does. doesn't it? And yeah. then it's built from a core, if you like, mm-hmm. if, if, if 
key aspects. One of the things I wanted to ask you about, which I am rubbish about rubbish at, so uh, any help on this would be great. Um, <laughs> I might not be able no. to help you. <laughs> <laughs> um, is feedback? Yeah. You know, you, so you're 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 giving feedback to yeah. people, um, and and but also receiving it as, as yeah. within the business. Do you have? A set process of, uh, that, that allows um, team members to provide feedback. I know a lot of companies have, have got platforms or drop boxes or ways of providing non- anonymous feedback as well. Because it's all about imp- continuous improvement, continuous learning, isn't it? How, how are you? How are you set up? How do you deal with all that? Yeah, we've got a couple of layers actually. Um, so there's always that option of straight. Adrian, you're doing a cracking job. Yeah. That feedback's fine. That. Okay, we go. So there is, uh, we have a platform to uh, manage career development. So um, end of year performance, that type of stuff in your learning and development is all built into that. You can either provide direct feedback through that or anonymous. I think you can do it anonymously as well. Or you can provide it directly to your people manager, that individual's people manager. So there's that cycle there. And then we also have um, a monthly survey which asks ah, okay. questions. That's completely anonymous. Uh, I, I, I say this a lot to my guys. Sometimes I don't know whether they believe me or not, but I say it's completely anonymous. I don't know who's saying what. I can have a rough guess from the language, but yeah. I don't know for sure. So it's a platform where you get asked 10 questions and you score not to 10. It works on a net promoter type thing. Yeah, yeah. And then there's a comments uh, option at the bottom. So if you want to you want to add comments because words obviously mean a lot more than numbers because yeah. we can do things about words we can't do much about numbers definitely um, and that happens on a monthly basis uh, it's broken down into company as a whole and then into sector and so I, and I've got a leads one so I can ah, very right. um, easily see what's going on with people in leads um, and if they've got anything that they'd like to feedback so there, there's a number of levels that we can we can do that from yeah, it's 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 an interesting one, isn't it? Feedback because you've got to be prepared to not like the feedback that you're getting. Yeah, yeah. As a yeah, as a leader, you've got to you you've got to want the feedback, haven't you? But then to be able to to deal with it and you've got to, to take the emotion out of it. Yeah, it was hard. It is really super hard, and yeah. I and I must admit, and quite often when I read them, I go, but then okay. it's not it's not personal. It's just this individual has has been given a voice and they're using it so it's valuable so let's break it down let's understand that a little bit more and try and if it's you know if it's feedback that I can action then I will action yeah yeah we don't get it right all the time no no and we can only do so much right so if we get a hundred comments we can only we try and acknowledge and address them all but we can only action a number of them within you know if 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 corporate has um, specified this and it and they're wanting something else, then we can't necessarily, you, can't do it, yeah. you know, change that. But we try and at least acknowledge everything and point people in the right direction or change things. Yeah, we have a panel of people that look at the scores every month, um, and those people are from the business. It's not leaders, so that I'm on it, but as a as a as a sub, uh, a sponsor, um, so that the people are driving the people's comments. That's brilliant. That yeah, that's so. 
there's no real bias, no bias in there, is there? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And they're all different grades as well. So Capgemini likes on a grading system. So we'll have people on on the um, beginning of their journey in their career, right up to you know the, the leadership kind of level. So um, you know we get we get opinions from each grade, then which is again is comes back to understanding each kind of want and need of a group of people yeah typically if a grade a would be maybe younger journey because they're younger people because they're on the beginning of the journey typically not always yeah so you know if um we look at people that are not responding to the survey and if it's there's a mass in a grade a we can ask that question of that individual that's on the pulse panel do you know why this is what's your gut feel can you talk to people can you understand Uh, what's going on and then we get we get feedback from another route as well about that you've got conduit into the Mm. into that area which helps the fact that you you've got a platform where you take monthly feedback and that within the realms of possibility you you action that feedback as well and 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 correct things because we like said everyone makes mistakes don't they with businesses individuals it's brilliant it's a real positive for the employees isn't it yeah i think so i do i mean we we benefit from being a global organization with that so you know we're we're 360 odd thousand employees across the world so the benefit of that brings us you know the learning platform that we've got it's fantastic honestly it's really fantastic but the, the facilities like that and the support you know we've got a great hr support network as well that, to, to help us with all of that that's good so. that's really good mm-hmm. um another thing i wanted to ask you about conflict all right so i've, I've listened to a few different podcasts where people were saying like, in high performing teams we don't mean fisticuffs in car park or anything like like that but obviously those days are gone don't, yeah <laughs> But uh, but conflict is is, is healthy, you yeah. know. So people have got a voice of putting their opinions out there. Not everybody will uh, agree. I suppose in in a in a in a business where you're trying to innovate, I suppose in tech as well and and uh, and that kind of thing, then you you are going to get those conflicts of opinions and maybe little heated debates. How do how do you how do you deal with that? So um, I could give you an example because I was on a call last week I think and it was getting a little bit right uh, interesting yeah and I was listening to it and you know there was there's good points coming across and um, to some degree you've got to kind of let that play out a little bit and then step in where it just tips over that mark and that's what I did you know let let it play out a little bit and then at a point where I thought actually there's no point progressing this because there's some element of going around in circles or it's becoming personal or there's not an outcome being reached then step in and refocus just hey guys this is the challenge this is the problem let's focus on moving forward how forget about what's going on how do we move forward from this position to the position that we want to be in and refocus the team into doing that one final thing Cassie before we finish the one final question what leadership quality do you think is the most important when you're uh, managing or leading high-performing teams? I think there isn't one word. I don't think we, th- unless we can create a new word that encompasses the things like credibility, vulnerability, open-mindedness, approachability, uh, trust, all of those things. If we could make a new word, then that would be the word. But I, I, I don't think there is one in the dictionary. 
It's a good answer. It's a combination of everything you said, isn't it? It is, yeah. Brilliant. Cassie, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate you coming in to see me. It was lovely to see you again. It's a pleasure. Thanks very much. Cheers. Cheers.